We're talking iron coke and chromium steel, but we ain't living in Allentown. This is where the money is. Hi folks, it's Thursday, where the money is, so you know what that means, energy and materials, so Taylor and I are here today, and we're gonna get started off talking about iron and steel because it is a rough market right now. I mean, right today, uh, the spot price for iron ore is down 39% this year at around $80 per ton. Some of the other things, you're looking at metallurgical coal, down almost as much at less than $100 for spot prices mm -hmm. in the Asia Pacific market right now. This, this market is absolutely getting hammered and I've got to imagine that investors are not liking it. Yeah, you look at the last few years, have been a pretty good ride for these companies. Maybe not last year, but a few years prior to that, China growing rapidly, whether or not it was legit growth or not, prices are still dictated on Chinese demand. Um, international spot prices here, so whether or not the US is growing or Europe is growing, China's the demand center. Um, and you're seeing all these Australian companies like BHP, Billiton, and the operations there, and Rio Tinto. Uh, they're sending a lot of their coal, and they can produce it pretty cheaply over there in Australia. So companies elsewhere around the world, predominantly here in the United States, have been suffering because it's a little bit more expensive to produce here. Yeah, and one of the things I find kind of interesting about the whole thing is we talk about iron ore and coal getting so cheap. Mm -hmm. So one of the, I guess you could say knee-jerk reactions would be, oh heck, then let's look at some of the actual steel manufacturers, the ones right. that are taking this cheap feedstock. And surprisingly, these companies aren't doing that well either. You know, you look at ArcelorMittal, they're down 24%, uh, AK Steel Holdings in the US, that's down 15%, and even one of the more stable companies, a Nucor, which actually just does, or at one time was only doing the recycling end of it. Now they're down 3.8% they're down this year as well. Uh, I find that very surprising. And I think it goes back to not just the fact that China is a major producer of the iron ore mm -hmm. and the metallurgical coal, but also one of the largest steel manufacturers right. in the world. And with their waning demand for infrastructure right now, it, it's, it's kind of difficult for anybody to be making steel because China's just taking their excess and selling it rather than you know shutting down a lot of their uh, facilities. Yeah, it's unfortunate too because they typically produce less high quality uh, steel, iron ore, and coal, and then it all just gets thrown in um, to the global market. Um, Nucor is one company that has always caught my attention from the steel side because they what they do is direct reduced iron, um, and so they have these small blast furnaces that they can shut off and shut and turn on pretty quickly compared to some of the the bigger um, facilities that you see as AK Steel or ArcelorMittal. I think that's the model that these companies are going towards, but Nucor is really the first company. They had a facility down in Louisiana, shut it down, shipped it down into the Caribbean, then steel prices cratered, so they had to, re they had to react. And they brought that facility right back to, to, to New Orleans area because natural gas prices are so cheap here. That's the, one of the feedstocks to make that operate. Um, so that's one company that I would look at in steel. But right now, yeah, I mean, global growth is, necess is necessary for these companies to succeed. Um, and companies are finding that recycling is the way to go rather than producing new steel. Yeah. And so I guess kind of looking, focusing in on two things. If anybody's been following the iron and steel market as of late, there are really two companies that's catching a lot of people's eyes because they're they've been down so significantly this past year. That's Cliffs Natural Resources and Walter Energy. Uh, Cliffs is down s almost 70% this so far this year. I think I checked this morning uh, at the time of this filming, they're down 6% today alone. And then Walter Energy is getting absolutely crushed. They're down 88% uh, or better this year, and yep. depending on what has happened uh, today. And so <clears throat> here's the interesting thing I find about it. Both of the companies are trading at only 22% of their tangible book value. 
They're both low-cost suppliers of high-quality uh, material. Yeah, high-quality. In, yeah. in the case of Walter Energy, you have high-quality metallurgical coal. Uh, at that it can actually be manufactured at a low cost. You've also got Cliffs Natural Resources with high-quality iron ore uh, with that higher high FE content mm -hmm. in both their American and Canadian operations and relatively low cost. But yet these companies are just at getting absolutely hammered this year. And so, you know, what do you see are some of the big differences when we're talking about these companies? Well, the big difference is, is uh, while they do produce a higher quality, it comes at a little bit higher price compared to the companies in Australia I talked about. Um, their, their baseline price is a little bit higher, so they're going to have to shut down some production before you look at a BHP or a Rio, who happened to bring on production for some of these resources over the last year or so in Australia. Um, you look at the companies that have been trying to catch up to this super cycle that we've seen because of China, and these projects take a long time to come on board. and. They're finally all coming on, on supply right now, and, and that's a, what's driving this market down because the demand is shrinking while at the same time all the supply is coming online. So it's working out of favor for these commodity companies. And I don't know if it's going to be a year or two or three maybe if it ever corrects, but you look at plots. Um, it's a resource you can use, P-L-A-T-T-S. It's a website um, focused on energy and materials. And they see um, a bottoming this year, maybe 2015, and then maybe even a supply shortage in 2017. So if you look at if that website, you can see a turnaround in a couple years. So this is definitely a long-term investment. If you want to try and invest in these companies right now that appear to be woefully undervalued um, playing out for the next 10, 20 years, because it's not going to correct itself in the next six months to 12 months. Sure. Uh, and you know, one of the things I guess I just want to add to that as well is you know, you're talking about moving on to 2016, 2015, 2016, 2017. These companies are just getting absolutely hammered. Um, yeah. You have to look at can they survive the downside? Yeah, liquidity is a huge liquidity. Yeah, it's a huge That's issue. a really big thing. And when I look at these two companies, and I, I think actually this may play onto something we might talk about in a bit. Um, if you look at you know, some of the ways that you can measure solvency, uh, debt to capital, intra, uh, EBITDA to interest expense. Mm -hmm. uh, if you compare these two companies, you know, Cliff Natural Resource doesn't look that bad. They have a debt to capital of about 31, 32%, and an EBITDA to interest expense of 6.9 times, meaning that they, you know, it's not great, but they have enough money to cover any obligations right. that they have. Then you have Walter Energy, where we're looking at a debt to capital of close to 70%, and their EBITDA generation right now isn't even covering their interest expenses before anything else, depreciation, mm -hmm. amortization, anything like that. And that's one of the big fears for a lot of investors today. They're you know, looking at these companies and saying, you know, can they get through the cycle? Um, obviously, I think both you and I have recently purchased uh, Cliffs Natural Yeah, resources. I added it to my Motley Fool Real Money portfolio, thinking that the, the drop might start to subside, but still catching knives, apparently. Yeah, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see if they can actually uh, make this happen. Uh, just actually the past couple of days, we saw uh, the Wall Street Journal. There was an article uh, with the CEO interview, uh, interview with the CEO of CliffsNet, the new CEO. Yep. Uh, just within the past couple of months, he's been brought in as the replacement brought in by activist investor group Casablanca Capital, saying that they want to really restructure the company, mm -hmm. sell off a lot of their ancillary uh, assets or mines, ancillary assets, things that are going on in Australia, some of their metallurgical coal production, things like that. The, the irony that I found about the entire... Uh, no pun intended. Yeah, the entire uh, thing uh, with this entire piece, which I found fascinating, was Casablanca, 
you know, booted the, almost the entire board of directors, put in a new CEO, and basically you know, shaped the entire C-suite on the way that they wanted it done mm -hmm. because they wanted to accelerate these asset sales and everything like that. But in, in the interview, the CEO says, you know, we're going to take our time with these things. Yeah, he got in, he saw the financials, and maybe he realized the company was doing the right thing by holding off. So it's going to be a really interesting time to see how, in the long term, how this all plays out. And certainly, uh, you and I are both very hopeful, I yeah. guess, uh, looking at Cliffs as a possible um, I mean, I, for one, I don't want them to sell their assets because it'd probably be at a fire sale price. Right now, you see oil and natural gas assets being sold at record prices because the industry's booming. This, if you sell at the bottom, then what are you going to have to return as you start to grow out into the next leg of the cycle? Yeah. So there's that. Uh, I want to thank you all for watching today. And before we go, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you about some of the things that we do here at The Motley Fool. Our mission at The Motley Fool is to help the world invest better. And we do that in a lot of different ways, including this podcast with Taylor and I, the articles we publish on Fool.com, and through our investing service, which is Motley Fool Stock Advisors, which is our flagship uh, yep. service, the first uh, one. Uh, hosted by our host uh, founders, Tom and David Gardner. And over the more than the past decade, this their recommendations in Stock Advisor have more than tripled the market's return. So you know, maybe one or two years is one thing, but to do it over a ten-year period is pretty yeah, incredible. It's so it. For what we, we believe it's one of the best ways to get starting in investing, and we've got a special offer for, you, for listeners of the WTMI podcast, video, whatever we want to call yeah, this however thing. You, however you access us, we've got a re report for you yeah. there. Just go to WTMI.fool.com and check us out there. So for Taylor, I'm Tyler, and thanks for watching.